You're listening to another edition of Absolutely Nothing Going On. It's your host here, Rich, a.k.a. Borlord. If you enjoy the show today, don't forget to like, subscribe, comment, or review. You can catch me outside on Instagram at Richardometry, on Twitter at Richardography, and steady every day at angopodcast at gmail.com. Music for this segment produced by Tiktones.com. Thanks for listening. Are you ready for what comes next? Let's start the show. Well, hello, you out there in the distant and bright future of humanity. It's your boy, Rich, a.k.a. Borlord, from here in the far-flung dystopian past. <laughs> you know, the one that uh, you're always trying to downplay because of how uh, primitive we were, you know? Any case, uh, I'm living it up here live, coming to you live from the 1985 Fleetwood Pace Aero Studios here in Central Texas. Thank you for joining me. I uh, hopefully have a bit of an interesting episode here for you today. I got a few uh, topics of note, and I also listened back to uh, some early episodes and uh, discovered uh, from about a year ago, discovered a couple of things that are going on right now that are uh, kind of funny. They uh, correlate. So um, a couple of things I'm going to mention from uh, some of the early episodes very early episodes. Sorry if you go back and listen to those. They are terrible quality. <laughs> Absolutely atrocious. They were just not not really. I mean, uh, they, they were just recorded on my phone or just not the best sound quality. But I, I digress. That's in the, uh, you know, dystopian past. I'm trying to downplay it because it was very primitive. So um, in any case, uh, how are you doing? Uh, I am doing well. Uh, as well as can be expected. I got a couple of uh, interesting things here to uh, to talk about today. Starting with last night, I uh, was up very late. I'm not sure exactly why. I just wasn't tired. I tried. I tried all the like, you know how you, you have like Netflix shows, um, you know, uh, that you go to because they, you know, put you to sleep. I think I've mentioned this before. Uh, I tried those. I tried the shows to, to try and knock me out, and uh, it didn't work. So I uh, I was up till 4 a.m., and I came across this gem. And again, in the in the quantum anomaly, the spooky action at a distance that is YouTube, I uh, <laughs> I ended up on this uh, video. I don't I don't even know where how I got there. Um, in my in my recollection, I just like opened my phone and saw it. You know, like, like I wasn't even on YouTube. I don't know exactly what happened, but, um, do yourself a favor. This is a, this is a real treat. You can stop, you can stop this episode now and go watch this. I'll put a description in the, uh, uh, link in the description to this YouTube video, but, um, I don't know. It just tickled me right at 4am. Uh, that sounds a little creepy, but, um, but, uh, it's called auctioneer beats and, uh, I don't want to you know, the name kind of gives it away, but I don't want to give away really anything else other than amazing. Absolutely amazing. Um, I must have watched the video, you know, 10 or 20 times already between <laughs> when I first saw it last night and uh, and tonight, which is Friday night. Um, and I uh, hollered out to my buddy, uh, Adam, who's uh, either on his way or already moved to... Uh, the great state of Oklahoma. So shout out to him. Hope you are uh, doing well. 
I know he listens to this. He drives a drives a truck, so I know he listens to this. Um, and I uh, just want to give a shout out to him because I also had to send him a uh, great video from our uh, collective past. An honorable mention to the uh, fantastic Rebecca Black. I don't know if you guys remember that name. <laughs> um, also, do yourself a favor and check out uh, the music video Friday by Rebecca Black, if you haven't already. It is uh, a whopper for the ages. It takes me back to a time in probably, what, 2013, 14, maybe, uh, 12? I'm, I'm not even sure anymore how long ago it was but um today's friday so i had to send him that and i sent him the uh, auctioneer beats so uh you adam you got a little little preview of that but uh for all the rest of you guys um do yourself a favor and go check that out you can pause this now go do that come back and listen to the rest of the episode but uh i just had to put that out there uh, again, I'll put a link in the description of this episode. Um, that's just a YouTube thing. It was, it was great. Um, okay. So my top story tonight is something that came up this week that absolutely took me completely by surprise. Um, and, and I still am debating on, on what exactly to do about it. Um, uh, I have a little problem with, uh, my sewer line. Okay. Uh, we're out here in kind of a rural area and, uh, there's, you know, septic tank, uh, sewer line and all this sort of thing. And uh, I won't go into all the gritty details, uh, other than to say that, uh, you know, there was a clean out for the sewer line, you know, about 30 or 40 feet away from my spot. And, um, I happened to notice not too long after we were living here that water was bubbling up out of it. Um, it was basically just like a hole, a small hole with a big old rock sitting halfway over it. And when I noticed it was water coming up out of it, uh, I did a little more investigation and, uh, of course it is the sewer line and the cap was not on that clean out, uh, station there. And, uh, long story short, there was a backup in the sewer line. It just, you know, it bubbled up and then it went down. Not a big deal. Thought it just was just some like trapped pressure, air pressure or something. Sometimes really long sewer lines, they'll put vents in, you know, part of the way through them just, just to relieve pressure as the water's moving down the pipe. Just for those of you who don't know much about uh, plumbing and, and those sorts of things. But, uh, so this one is, is slightly you know, down in elevation from where I am. And, uh, and so I said, well, this is no good. You can't have sewage running on on the ground. That's, that's, you definitely don't want that. You don't want your dogs getting in it. You don't want, you know, you stepping in it, tracking in the house, all kind of bacterias and who knows. So, um, so I, uh, knowing that it bubbled up and not wanting to have any, you know, ill effects up by my house. I, uh, I went ahead and put just a little, I went to the hardware store. I got a couple of, you know, the screw in fittings for a, for a three and a half or four inch uh, sewer line and, uh, made this little riser about a foot and a half tall, uh, as a vent. Like I said, sometimes in a long line, you'll have a vent. Uh, so I basically made myself a vent, uh, that worked. It worked great for the first, uh, first couple of weeks. But after that, uh, the blockage became more severe and, uh, it, you know, I saw a nice volcano out of that thing when I, 
when I took the lid off of it. Um, wasn't affected. I was standing out of the area and I didn't directly touch it. So, um, so yeah, it was pretty disgusting, uh, to say the least, but, uh, but okay. So I rent this place, right? I pay uh, a certain number of dollars a month to live here. And, uh, and included in that is a full hookup, sewer, water, electric. Okay. Basic stuff, RVs. Um, just about anywhere you live, I don't know if you've ever experienced this, you have some sort of plumbing or sewer problem, you call the landlord, you call the property manager and you say, hey, this is an issue, you know, can we get it fixed or or what do you want to do about it? You know, those sorts of things. So I decided, you know, I talked to the park manager who lives here. Park is, a, you know, I've told you this before, there's only a handful of units out here, so it's not a very big place. Um, that said, um, I said, Hey, you know, there's, you know, backup in this pipe, uh, some sort of blockage. Uh, I think it might be from where it runs under, uh, the, under the edge of some trees, uh, might have a little bit of, uh, ingress into your pipe, uh, from that location. But, uh, so he said, yeah, I'll talk to the owner. No problem. Um, and I didn't hear anything. I texted him. Uh, a few days later and said, Hey, is there any word on that? And, uh, I didn't get an answer from him, but a couple hours later, I get a call from the owner of the property who, uh, basically said, I can't have any problems from this. I don't have time to do anything about it. Um, so go ahead and just find another place to live. Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly what he said to me. He said, just go, you know, uh, you know, it's probably good if you just go ahead and f- look for another place, another place to stay. And I was just, I was absolutely incredulous. You know, we just got set up here. We've only been here, uh, what, uh, two and a half, th- uh, three months now and, uh, settling in really liked the place. I got internet installed. Um, y- you know, that's the big, was the big hurdle into getting back into podcasting is being able to download and upload files, uh, efficiently. So I got internet infrastructure in here. I put out some of my lights in the trees it was really nice. It looks good. The manager told me it looks good. He told me the owner liked it and it looked good. I've done clearing work, uh, on the property and like the driveway here and all this sort of thing. Um, you know, I, I, I just was not expecting that reaction to this. And, and essentially also he told me that, you know, that it was a work, uh, business number that he'd called me on. So don't call him back on that number and, uh, don't talk to the manager about it. And, and not so many words, but like, that's exactly, you know, that's what he was saying. He was like, what are you going to talk to him? You know, I said, I'll, I guess I'll coordinate with Keith. And he's like, what are you going to talk to him about? I'm like, just, I don't know, finding another place, you know, what challenges, I don't know. He's on site here. I've talked, I talked to him here, you know, here and there. So, uh, so he was like, well, you know, you don't really need to bother him with that. Uh, so on and so forth. Just, you know, go ahead and find another place by the end of the month. I'm like, you gotta be shitting me. You know, this is we're we're eight days into the month at the time. It's February. It's cold. Uh, sort of, it's kind of up and down here in central Texas, but, but I was just blown away. Like there wasn't like a, Oh yeah. I'll send, you know, anywhere else I've ever lived. Something like that would have been like, Oh yeah, no problem. You know, do you think it's a, do you think there's something stuck in the pipe? Do you think there's a problem? Uh, I'll have my, somebody come out and take a look at it or I'll come out and fix it. You know, like that's 
usually if you're going to own a property to manage it and, and have people rent from you, um, you've got to have the bandwidth to handle things. Whether if, you know, if you're doing all the work, you got to have the time to do the work. If you don't have the time to do the work, you should, you know, there's no reason why you can't just call a service company out to just take care of it for you and pay for it and move on. You know, like that's, that's one oh one of of owning and operating a, a, a rental property. So if you're thinking about that, if you don't have the bandwidth, like if you've got two or three other businesses going on, you need, either need to hire somebody um, and and be hands off or or be available. You know, make it in your schedule available to handle things if you're going to do all the work yourself. But either way, he said, I got to dig up the whole line. It's going to take several months. Just find another place to stay. And, and I, you know. I asked him point blank. I said, is there any other reason you want me to leave? And he said, no. So, uh, but I just really don't have anything else to go on. My theory is, is that he'll just stick somebody else in here. Um, and hopefully they won't say anything about it. But I mean, that's a, that's a serious, uh, health department violation, uh, if that happens. So I don't know what I'm going to do. I, you know, I, I, uh, I could try and get back in touch with him and reason with him. Um, but, uh, there's a duality in me that says, I don't want to, I don't even want to pay this guy another dollar if he's going to be that much of an asshole about it. Um, you know, I didn't have a, I didn't come with, come at him with a long list of complaints or, or issues. Like I'm self-sufficient here and I could have handled this problem. It's just not my responsibility, you know, and something that, uh, you know, what now I can't take it back. I can't be like, Oh, can we just forget it? I'll deal with sewage running on the ground or I'll fix it myself. Cause I know that he's going to be a control freak about it. If he won't hire a company to come out and do work here. Um, if he's going to do it all himself, then of course, if I do anything more, he seemed like he was kind of ticked off that I had put that little riser in. He said something to the effect of like, everybody thinks they have a you know, know how to take care of these things or something, you know, kind of dig at me. And, you know, I was just going to leave that, leave that lie. It just, I'll give him the benefit of the doubt. There's a park up the road that's like really shitty and lots of drugs. And, and I'm sure he's dealt with his fair share of, of shitty people up here, but I'm not that person. And at least he should know that by now. Um, if he's seen any of the things I've been doing out here, because if I was on drugs, I would have been adding beer cans and, and, uh, trash all around the property instead of picking up trash, which, which I've done on multiple occasions, uh, and, and like clearing a whole parking lot. I mean, I, I, I cut limbs. I, I wheelbarrowed in gravel, you know, hand shoveled. I didn't no loaders or anything like that. I did all this hand grading and work myself. So, that's beside the point. I'm going on a tangent here, but, but the point of it is, uh, you know, am I crazy? Is that, you know, I don't feel like I, I just could never have expected that response to just such a trivial thing. You know, I just, the line just needs to be snaked out. I mean, you can get a plumbing company out here to do it for a couple hundred bucks, or I'll go to fucking home Depot and rent one for $40 for the day. That's motorized you know, and stick the thing down there and, and unclog it, you know, but that just seems so extreme that, uh, that, like I said, I, I don't know if I want to continue dealing with this because, you know, if he's this crazy about this, 
you know, what else? What, what if I have a, an actual serious problem with something that's going on here? Like if fucking, you know, who, who knows what, uh, trees falling down on my, you know, uh, across my driveway or, uh, you know, your electrical wires sparking or something like that, you know, like what, what, what next is it going to be where he's going to have some thing to try and get rid of me? And I, you know, I pay enough a money a month here. Um, and there are enough tenants here that are also paying that much money a month that he shouldn't be, a, he should be able to pay his mortgage for this property, you know, double mortgage payments every month and still walk away with tons of cash, right? There's no reason why he should have that kind of attitude towards this. So I can't figure it out. I don't know. Let me know if you have, uh, if you have any ideas, any insights or, um, or, uh, you know, even a situation that you've been in crazy landlord. I love crazy landlord stories and, and things like that. So send along ANGO, uh, podcast at gmail.com or, uh, if you know, you can go on anchor, uh, and send me a voice message, you know, who knows, maybe I'll have a uh, crazy landlord segment and, uh, read or, or listen to all y'all's comments on the subject. So, um, so yeah, that's, uh, that's the sewer sitch as it stands right now. And I've got, you know, uh, what is it? What's today? Today's the eighth. I've got 20 more days. Wait, I said it was the eighth. So it must've been like the fifth or so that, that this happened. But either way, I've got 20 more days in, uh, in the month of February to figure out what to do about this, um, and find another place if necessary. So, uh, so yeah, <laughs> Wild. It's just, it still boggles my mind. It just still boggles my mind. Anyhow, um, so yeah, listening back to, I said in, in the beginning, I was listening back to some of the older episodes of mine. Um, just, I kind of breezed through them, kind of scanned through them. I didn't listen. One, a couple of them I listened to all the way through, but most of them I'm just listening bit parts because I know what's on there. I was there. <laughs> um, but in any case, one thing that stuck out to me was uh, from last March, the, the uh, RBS Six Nations uh, Rugby Tournament, okay? International Rugby. Uh, I had a couple of early episodes that uh, talked about this, but I have not talked about it since, and it's been a whole nother year. And uh, I told myself in that episode that I was going to set, uh, set some sort of calendar marker so that I could... Uh, I could remember to to sign up for something that would allow me to watch the games. That didn't happen. Uh, uh, as I don't know, maybe you have, uh, maybe you've had the same experience of just you know an annual event it comes back around and you're like, oh, I forgot her birthday or our anniversary again. <laughs> uh, I happen to get married on my wife's birthday nailed it you know so i got i got one thing to remember here um she listens to this too so uh don't tell her i said that Shh. Uh, but yeah so the six nations right it's uh so far has only been one week in starts on february 1st uh the first week 
what do we have? We had Wales. Wales and France. Okay. Wales won that one, 24-19. Not a shocker there. Wales is like a wild card team. Sometimes they like will crush and other times they just look like they're, you know, don't know their ass from a hole in the ground. So you never know. I mean, from game to game, it can be that extreme. So um so yeah, but not not really a surprise. They win a lot of times, especially over France, which I trashed France on the last uh on the last uh, time I talked about this about a year ago. Um France has won it a few times and uh when they're on a breakaway, like they're serious. They never win by like a ton, but uh unless they're playing Italy, I guess, cuz Italy is like sucks, <laughs> I guess. Um speaking of Italy, the second game, which was on February 2nd, February 1st was Wales and France. February 2nd was Scotland and Italy and also England and Ireland. So, uh, Scotland, uh, you know, again, unsurprisingly, uh, trumped Italy 33 to 20 go Scotters. Uh, so that, that's cool to see, but then in an upset, which I, I started to read a headline about this and I said, Nope, Nope, I don't want to know. But, uh, now I'm not even watching highlights. I just looked up the scores cause I'm a cuck. <laughs> I'm a sports cuck. I would rather watch someone else uh, f- fuck sports than fuck it myself. So, <laughs> sorry to be so crass. Just these are jokes, guys. These are jokes. Um, so yeah, Ireland, England. Ireland is an incredibly strong team. Normally, I haven't. You know, obviously, this is the first week. I didn't see the game, so I can't attest to how they played um but the outcome was um, a measly 20 to 32 england on top um so yeah england 32 ireland 20 which 12 points that's pretty substantial um leg over by uh by england but uh that's pretty much almost identical to the Scotland had 33 and italy had 20 so if anything scotland comes out ahead because they had one extra point above like this i still am trying to wrap my head around how you know europeans ever design sport it seemed like there's all these weird tiers of scoring it's not just like who's got the highest score at the end of the game and i guess a lot of different sports are like that you know you talk they talk about in um in football you know covering it what's the spread what's the spread and i think that's kind of how this works um in an organized league sort of fashion is uh is that whoever has the biggest points like the biggest spread like difference between the points like in this case scotland would have 13 points up uh england would have 12 points up and france had 19 wales had 24 so that's what five points so wales would gain five point uh five points scotland would gain 13 and england would gain 12 so just in the first week, Scotland's already leading, albeit leading the championship, right? The Six Nations tournament, um, which I guess makes it, I, I would say that makes it more fair than, than like, let's say the NFL playoffs or NBA playoffs or something like that, because playoffs are just a bracket system, right? This is, this is every team plays every other team. 
I know it's only six teams, right? So it's not that complicated. Happens over what five weeks. Um, everybody plays everybody, and uh, and uh, the the point spread is is who wins. So I mean, like you don't even have to win it every game or every matchup. I mean, you could lose, you could score a hundred to zero in the, in the very first week. Um, and if none of the, and lose the rest of the, you know, the rest of the five weeks, lose the other matchups, um, and still win. If no other team got more than a hundred spread, you know, points in the spread. So, (laughs) so it's a, it's a bit different type of, of tournament, which to me is more fair and accurate as to, um, as to the team's ability, let's say, because, uh, you know, if you won a football game one to nothing, uh, you advance to the next round, you know, like it's just one point. You only scored one point on these people, you know, let's say it was a basketball game and you scored one point. I don't even know how just a free throw is all you made the entire game that counted, right? The other team's defense has blocked your ass out and you blocked them out and you scored one to zero. You advanced to the next round in a bracket system, right? How fair is that? That other team held sway. They only let you score one point. <coughs> Excuse me. So, so yeah. So, I mean, I'm still trying to wrap my head around it. There's, there's groupings. In this tournament, there's like four different ways that is bisected to determine who wins. You know, there's there is groups, then there's you know the point spread system, uh, and then there's like counted actual matches. And I think the match if you win the match, you will get an extra points or bracket points or something like that. Um, I don't know. I'm talking on my ass. I could have just looked this up and read it and figured out how it worked and told you, but instead. I just want to bitch about it a little bit because uh, maybe I'm sad on the inside that I didn't get to see the games. I don't know what's going on, but uh, either way, congratulations to Scotland for being ahead in the first week, but uh, it being the first week means that it is anybody's game, uh, anybody's tournament. Uh-oh, mama just got home with baby. I may have to uh, pause this and reconvene later. Cause I don't know if I'm gonna have enough time. Cause I'm I'm literally like halfway on my list of things I want to talk about today. Um. Yeah. <laughs> so if you get a chance, Six Nations Championship, it's on uh, NBC Sports. It used to be, you know, I've told, I've talked about this. It used to be me and my buddy, uh, also Adam. Uh, we lived together in New York for, for a period of time. And, uh, that's where we really started to get into it, you know? And then you had to go and pay $20, uh, a door charge essentially at a bar. And that door charge was collected by a representative of the, uh, company that, broadcast the game so like the company had an exclusive broadcasting rights right they broadcast it obviously in the uk and in france and in ireland right but here in the states they had a total control over it so like you couldn't just order that channel in your normal cable package you had like a uh, a venue had to had to um 
essentially organize that with the company and they would send a representative to take your $20 at the door. So that's 20 bucks a person. We go in these bars sometimes, they would be packed. There would be pubs with like old guys fucking smoking cigarettes and eating like enormous English breakfasts and downing, you know, booze at 6 a.m. in the morning in Manhattan, you know, like, uh, and um, it was amazing. It was a glorious thing. But, um, but in any case, yeah, it's become a lot more easy to get, to get a hold of. It's getting more popular now. Um, so yeah, you can watch it on NBC sports, uh, plug NBC sports. <laughs> I should be getting paid by these people. What am I doing with my life? Um, in any case, uh, NBC sports is not like a normal, they might broadcast a couple of the final games or a couple of the big matchups on regular NBC, but for the most part, you got to have NBC sports, which most, you know, lower tier sports packages or, or, um, you know, higher tier regular cable packages will have NBC sports. Um, it comes along in the bracket with like, you know, ESPN one through 80 and, uh, fucking, and, uh, I don't even know. There's like a few, uh, different sports networks, Universal Sports, or I guess is NBC is Universal Sports now. But either way, if you got NBC Sports, go take a look. I think you can get it on Sling. Um, you, there's probably a way to just like order it straight from NBC Sports. You know, some sort of like NBC app or something like that. But um, but yeah, if you get a chance, these are these are nations. Okay, so this is the top level. This isn't just premiership or championship uh, rugby. Uh, this is the this is the top form. This is the big leagues of rugby. So the games are very exciting. Um, they're they're very fast paced. Um, usually, there's less errors, you know, than in uh, than in lower level games. Uh, but yeah, do yourself a favor, watch a game. It's terribly exciting. Um, usually there's not any commercials or very little commercials. So, um, so yeah, <clears throat> chat of six nations over. <laughs> um, okay. So this was in another early episode, right? Uh, I think it was that same episode I was talking about six nations, but I, I did a little, uh, just a little bit of, uh, info about fusion energy. And that's when it was really starting up pop up in the headlines and y'all may you know if you're in the far-flung bright future you probably have already had this for several hundred years um or decades at least and uh you're like yeah who wouldn't drive a fucking fusion car that's stupid uh you what are you using gasoline and diesel like cavemen (laughs) uh they're gonna be like yeah i got a fucking reactor under the hood here. Want to take a look, you know, I can drive this thing for 800,000 years without refueling. (laughs) Uh, I don't think you would ever get to that again because of, uh, you know, these big companies that are billions of dollar industries got to have something to sell because you can't just go from a bit, you know, you know, several tens of billions of dollar industry to a no billion dollar industry overnight you know there's got to be something there to support it so but anyway fusion energy is uh 
you know, they said they were getting close before and they were, they actually have done, gotten some tests done, but they still are having trouble with the heat, the magnets, the variation in magnetic fields, uh, a lot of just weird technical stuff. Um, but now, now they started to get smart. They're like, what are we going to do? We're going to put lasers and we're going to put AI into this shit and it'll make it way better. And guess what it did? <laughs> they, uh, they used, uh, AI, you know, uh, machine learning, um, programs and algorithms to discover essentially how their magnetic fields were being disrupted. And then, uh, they figured out they could shoot a laser at, into the into the chamber as this reaction is happening, uh, and just like basically bombard the particles with like photons, little tiny bits of light, uh, single photons. They can like slam the just like basically uh, like if you took a water hose, you know, like you were standing in front of fireman's hose and they like opened it up, right? And you just got blasted with it. Well, imagine you were several, you know. Have you ever been, have you ever that like dick friend, you know, that has like a garden hose thing and they're like watering the plants or doing, filling up a pool for your pool party or something. And you're standing there fully clothed with your cell phone in your pocket. And they just decide to like, <laughs> and just spray you, right. They're bombarding you with water essentially. And that's what lasers are doing to these particles, um, as they're, you know, essentially trying to fuse them together the the fusion of the particles of bombarding it with with single photons from lasers and somehow that you know the pressure from those things helps keep them from becoming unstable that don't tell me how that works because whenever i got sprayed with a fucking water hose i became very unstable <laughs> i mean uh most people i think are no i wasn't i was i don't know i'm never i've i don't think i've ever been that mad about it but i've i've seen people get super upset about things like that or less trivial than that like a, just a small blockage in a sewer pipe i don't know i'm just tossing things out of here guys you know take that how you will but uh but yeah so fusion energy it's getting closer and closer they're getting stable reactions you know starting to get some stable reactions but there's still hurdles to jump over um they are literally light years from where um they were even just a year ago. So this holds a lot of promise. I'd like to see it happen. Uh, I don't hold out much hope for it being like cheap and, or, and or free or revolutionizing, you know, how we do things, uh, uh, because somebody will find a way to make, you know, buku money on it and they'll hold down the market and suppress any other developments in technology for decades and probably possibly even hundreds of years, so that uh, they can still continue to keep make money off of this, even when it becomes uh, less sustainable than something else. So it's just it's just the history of the world, folks. I mean, open a goddamn newspaper once in a while. <laughs> uh, I should tell myself that because I read all this news on the fucking internet. So yeah, who has a who has a newspaper anymore? Have you ever gotten a? Uh, you ever looked at a newspaper out of? You know how they used to like toss them in the at the end of the driveway or up in the driveway in like a plastic sleeve. I don't know if y'all ever had paper delivery when you're in days past. 
Um, basically, my my uh, shout out to my McDonald's millennials and earlier people would definitely know about the uh, the plastic sleeve with the rolled up paper in it. Uh, but yeah, you find one of those now. I mean, it's like worse than a tabloid. It's like mostly ads, like uh, you know, Pottery Barn and um, Hispanic grocery store coupons. <laughs> and uh and a couple of little pieces maybe about the local high school or or some shit like that but never really gets never really gets uh the level of news that uh that you would expect from a newspaper because that all that shit's been moved online man it's all in the digital archive of human civilization now if it got you know if anything ever happened and all of our electronics were wiped out at once, we would be so fucked. Uh, people would be like, what do we do? You know, how do we, uh, there'd be a bold few, you know, that would, that would be like, all right, get behind me. I got guns. (laughs) Uh, that's one solution to it. Uh, there'll be other people that are just like, y'all don't know how to do that. All right, here, move, move. (laughs) I'll dig that. I'll I'll put that together. You know, we'll we'll make a reaction happen somehow. You don't know how to build a fire? Let's do it. That's me. I'm gonna be like, what are y'all y'all from the Stone Age? I guess the Stone Age they even had fire. So bad analogy. This show is full of those, man. That's absolutely nothing going on. Literally means no research. Blabber on uh incomplete thoughts and yeah so moving on <laughs> uh i don't know i don't know why i'm so like chatty and spry today but i figured it'd be a good time to do a podcast uh comment if you agree subscribe and uh email me uh anyway so yeah so i mean this is oh I forgot I was totally gonna do the this is your energy update <laughs> uh, I totally dropped the ball on that one but uh, I was gonna do that at the top of the segment about energy but fusion's just one piece of the puzzle you know I talked before about batteries running dead and and uh, Teslas and things like that um. You know, Tesla is just pounding it, man. They're the Musk and that group, they're just they're just pounding it out there. They're merciless and everybody's like, We're coming for you, we're coming for you. And it's and they're just like, Great, cool. We get we're busy. Because <laughs> they are like just you know balls uh dick and balls and butthole and everything to the wall to try and make cars. I mean you know, you saw what they did last year with the with the tent uh, assembly line. Now they got what, like two or three gigafactories in development on like two more. So like they are about to seriously see this thing move forward. And everybody else is like, "Oh yeah, well we had that idea too, and uh, we're doing it just as good." <laughs> And some of them are, you know, like, but, uh, show me the, show me the money, show me the fucking, where's the, uh, where are the units, where are the droves of people buying these vehicles? They're not because they're not made yet because y'all are fucking five to 10 years behind the curve and, um, and stealing technology. And that's fine. That's totally fine. 
Musk himself has said, you know, all the patents are open. If you can make a better product and sell it better than we can and we go out of business, great. That just means there's a shitload of EVs out there. There is a, a ton of uh, of quiet and clean, non-smoking, unless they catch on fire. But that's another issue. That's another news sensationalism issue, which I think I talked about before. You know, they don't catch on fire any more often like gasoline cars with liquid you know uh with a liquid propellant essentially uh rolling around you're rolling around with gallons of shit that's just waiting to catch on fire you know so yeah internal combustion engine cars catch on fire far and above uh any metric of ev cars at this point you know and those are usually just uh, flaws maybe in production or something like that. So, I mean, it's a little more technically specific when you're building, I guess, something like an EV than a internal combustion, even though it seems like a lot more engineering goes into all the moving parts of a, of a, of a, you know, regular gas powered car, you know, whereas these other ones, it's just, a, you know, these big motors and, uh, solids, pack a battery, you know, a bunch of double A's honeycomb together <laughs> into these big solid state array batteries, you know, that's, that's, uh, it's just not a lot of moving parts. That's all I'm saying. You know, you don't have all these little valves and checks and, you know, switches and Bobby dazzlers and bits and bops. So bleeps and bloops. Um, but yeah, so, I mean, Tesla's doing good, you know, this year, this past year, seen a few, a few hiccups for them, but still just plowing forward. I'm interested to see what this, uh, uh, model Y is all about. You know, I'm, I'm total sideline, uh, um, not even a backseat driver. I'm in the car behind, uh, driver <laughs> that bad analogies again. <laughs> uh, I'm really just batting a thousand here tonight. But, uh, but yeah, so, I mean, I don't own an EV. I don't have the money to purchase an EV, um, let alone a Tesla. You know, I'd probably have to start with the, uh, a, uh, 2015 pre-owned refurbished Nissan Leaf, you know, one I could get for like (laughs) $20,000. Maybe that's a stretch right now. Uh, big, big, big stretch. But, uh, but yeah, that's excluding, you know, the, the, uh, 60,000, 55,000 and above category of vehicles. So, but I don't know, these gigafactories get up and they're literally stamping cars out. Robots are just stamping cars out, just rolling them out. Um, who knows price could come way down. And another thing in that, which is kind of interesting. I just read a headline the other day. Came from a couple of different places. Some new battery tech, um, where, wherein in a normal, yeah, I don't know. I've explained so many things so far today uh, in this episode. But essentially, in a normal battery, you have uh, um, basically a uh, what is it called? The reaction, the catalyst is a liquid. Okay, in a lithium-ion battery, you have a liquid that's between the the you know, the electrons pass through between the two things. When you discharge it, it goes and sticks onto this 
group of you know at this end and then uh, when you charge it up uh, enough you know positive flow for the electrons to go back through that liquid right and liquid's a good conductor conductor that's what i was looking for um a lot of things are conductive right you know you you uh you touch metal that's got a current you know a wire laying on it you're gonna get a buzz you know you're gonna get zapped um but if you stuck a plastic fork into a electric socket you know like a wall plug you're not gonna get zapped because that plastic is very little or zero percent uh conductive but uh in in any case liquid certain mixtures of liquids and electrolytes uh, uh it's what plants crave um can be made to very efficiently run a battery the internals of a battery however when uh here recently develops have been made for us a, a solid state electrolyte conductive material i don't don't ask me how that works um it seems to me like even the people who have discovered it are are kind of like this is a partial magic <laughs> uh this there's some things we don't understand about it just yet but uh, one of the companies that has been developing that uh tesla actually just bought like a few days ago for you know like a hundred million dollars or something like that something huge and uh and so, yeah, it'll be interesting to see, you know, with a solid state uh, conductive material, uh, obviously, you know, if you put a, uh, you know, two wires on either end of a screwdriver blade, you know, it's going to spark because it's solid conductive material and, uh, and, the, and the current just reacts, you know, through it. It just blows through it. But, uh, but this is has the control of that of like a liquid and uh and yeah and you don't need all the uh rigmarole of um of a of a liquid battery so i mean i don't know i don't even know what i'm trying to say here but the point is is it can store more power it can charge faster and it can output way more power than a standard uh batteries that we have now so who knows? You know, the range of EVs could be going way up, even surpassing, you know, a tank of gas, you know, a charge on your electric vehicle in, in another five years could last you the same as a couple of tanks of gas in a regular gasoline car. So we'll see. And, you know, if it does, apparently this is a very common uh, materials that go into this. So it, it's a cheaper thing to make than the mixtures that they have to make uh of the liquid that go actually goes into a battery so we'll see i don't know what's coming all i'm going to say is in five years from now it's going to look a lot different than five years ago from now so i don't know you're in the far-flung future this is all history to you i'm sure so um you know pat yourself on the back for knowing something i don't know okay there's probably encyclopedia britannica worth of information um that you know that i don't know so and that's even if you're just listening to this tomorrow so <laughs> um so yeah that's that's pretty much it uh thanks for tuning in to our energy update
Oh, so those are all things that kind of came up this week and today. Um, but one thing that that's really been sticking in my craw. Okay. And this is, I almost opened with this because tell me where you know this from. And, and I don't know, maybe I'm more of a nerd. Um, you know, maybe I'm, maybe I am more of a nerd than most people, uh, when it comes to like YouTube, you know, the, just the stuff that you seek out that you look at, uh, and read about and watch and listen. Um, but I like to peruse YouTube all the time and, uh, and watch all kinds of things about science and, and, uh, and different things, you know, experiments. One of my, uh, one of my favorites right now is this channel of this guy who just does, uh, insane, uh, insanely hard lock puzzles, you know, like, um, these things that people create that have got like traps and you got to figure it out. Like, this is no clue, you know, specific clues on how to, it's just puzzles, essentially like really hard puzzles, um, lock puzzles. So you got to get it unlocked, you know, that type of thing. So the guy, uh, I, I like watching that. Those videos are usually about 15, 20 minutes long sometimes. Um, but either way, you know, all kind of things that I watch and here, tell me if you recognize this. Hey, what's up guys? Welcome back to such and such blah, blah, blah. Um, <laughs> uh, and he, and it's so funny because this is the beginning of my show as well. Um, click subscribe and, uh, make sure you click on the bell to get updates from, from our channel and thanks for watching and subscribing, but just, just that, like, uh, just the, Hey, what's up guys. It's such and such here with so-and-so <laughs> I really struggle. I, if you go back and listen to my episodes, this has been a, this has been an ongoing battle for quite a while. You'll hear either no, n no preface or no intro. I just go straight into it. Um, or I come up with some weird, Hey, such as such the, you know, whatever I have the, like, it's, it's the boar Lord thing, but, um, but I've re really struggled not to be like the, Hey, what's up guys. This is such and such. Welcome to blah, blah, blah. You know, it's just, it's so be it's so played out. I can't tell you how many times I've pressed play on a video or on a podcast and it's, Hey, what's up guys. It's such and such from so-and-so. Thanks for watching today. If you like our channel, go ahead and subscribe and click the bell. So you get notification. I mean, it's just, if you watch enough YouTube, it becomes absolutely maddening. Like I wish, you know, YouTube, I have a YouTube premium subscription, so I don't have to watch the commercials, you know, so you don't have to watch a 30 second or, you know, 15 to 30 second ad before each video you want to watch. But at the same time, I got to listen to at least 30 seconds to a minute, sometimes like five minutes of people going on and on about their channel and click the thing to subscribe and sign up on our website. Or if, if you like this video, blah, 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 blah. And it just, ah, it just grates on me. I wish there was another tier of YouTube subscription, uh, that you could just say, uh, no ads and no, Hey, what's up guys. Intros. Oh, <laughs> uh. You heard it here first, the takedown of the Hey What's Up Guys YouTube people. So, um, so hey, what's up, guys? Thanks for listening. Uh, <laughs> I'm just kidding. 
I'm just kidding. If it, if it hasn't drilled into your head by now, if I haven't made it apparent that it's like super annoying to me, um, you know, go just go to YouTube, watch some watch back to back to back videos of doing science experiments or really anything, just explaining anything. It could be history, it could be science, it could be technology, it could be politics, it could be a puppet show for all I fucking care. Every time. Hey, what's up, guys? It's so and so. Uh, you know, welcome to blah blah blah. It's just every time. So, um, <clears throat> but uh, in in talking about that, I started thinking about subscriptions. Okay, this just came up today. This is an idea, and I was like, I got to do a podcast. I've got some other things to say, but this idea right here, and I've I've saved it to the end in case you in case you haven't noticed. Um, kind of a kind of the uh the headline story here i thought about okay so you know you have all these subscriptions first uh subscriptions are like a fairly new thing in terms of uh internet content interacting with internet content at the very first thanks facebook and obama (laughs) now i mean uh I guess it was just Facebook, but thanks, thanks, old Zucks, for giving us the like, the thumbs up or thumbs. I mean, it wasn't a thumbs down; it was just a like. You know, like Instagram, you give it a heart. You know, whatever. It's, everything's got like a way to like, which is just a basic. Hey, I enjoyed this, or hey, that's cool, or you know, whatever. It covers a myriad of very short statements about the content that somebody's put up on the internet. Um, but. That quickly moved, especially in like the YouTube arena. It used to just be videos. Then there was a like button. Then there was a like and a dislike button. So a thumbs up and a thumbs down. And then it started counting those for you, for everyone to see how many people liked it and how many people disliked it, right? And um, and who knows, maybe in that time there was like a voting up and down of like content based on how many people liked it or disliked it. Who knows? I mean, YouTube is, uh, I mean, if ever, if, if in the future, some far future, even for you in the far flung future, somebody beyond that ever found the archives of YouTube, like just the share content that's on YouTube, it would, it would, I think it would change an alien civilization. (laughs) You know, like you think about how profound it would be. If, you know, aliens just fucking showed up tomorrow, sat down and we're like, yo, hey, we exist. We're real. Uh, here we are. Look at our crazy technology. We flew halfway across the goddamn universe. Uh, congratulations. You know, suck our dicks. Uh, that would be how profound that would be for humanity if aliens just like fucking showed up. But I think it would be even more profound for an alien civilization if at some point in the future after we were like long gone or moved on from the planet or something, they, they just discovered this YouTube archive and were just like, what what was this? What are these people? <laughs> like no way to un- understand this or inter- I mean like their, their top uh, level uh, cryptologists and, and anthropologists would just be just scratching their whatever their equivalent of an ass is uh, and saying what well, just baffled by it. I'm sure. But either way, uh, back to the point you had, you had your likes and dislikes. Uh, and then, then, you know, everything started to become a subscription service, 
right? When we move to Hulu, YouTube, ne- uh, I mean, uh, Netflix, Hulu, uh, who knows whatever else. Netflix kind of was one of the first biggest uh, pushes for subscription service to content, right? And, you know, Netflix is tailored. It's catered, uh, not catered, but um, curated, right? YouTube is not curated whatsoever, it seems like. You know, of course, we hear about in the news these days, certain people getting kicked off for one reason or another, um, whether they're too uh, this much, you know, too this kind of thing or too much that kind of thing. It just seems like the extremes, when you get to the extremes, it may become difficult. But for all of us normally, normies hit down here in the middle, um, in, the, in the valley, in the pastures, um, keeping our heads down in the grass and, and making sure that uh, the world survives. Um, subscriptions to channels that became, you know, people couldn't just upload content. Now you've got a channel right? Which is all the videos that you've uploaded. You can curate them into lists and playlists and series and seasons and all these kinds of things. So many options now. I haven't even started on YouTube. It's hard enough just to get a podcast done. But but yeah, so YouTube and podcasts and everything else, now you have, uh, now you have subscription, you know, and you, you click to subscribe. And before that meant, Oh, we'll just let you know when there's a new one or, you know, whatever. But now, now you subscribe. That's just the list of the channels that you enjoy, right? So, so there's the, there's layers now. So you got, you can individually like or dislike a video. You can subscribe, which means that in your list of like, you know, it's basically like adding it to your favorites list or your friends list or whatever, or your, um, your watch list or your queue, your Netflix queue. Um, so now, yeah, now it doesn't even let you know, you know, if you subscribe, if a new video comes out because there's so much content being uploaded, you have to, now there's another stage. You have to click uh, the bell or the other thing to get notification that a new thing has happened from that channel. So, I mean, now you've got, what is that? Three layers through, uh, and that's not even including if you actually have a subscription, for uh you know YouTube a premium YouTube adless you know account or whatever but okay so with the subscriptions and likes and dislikes i feel like you know the obviously this is this is set up to use algorithms like mathematical computer machine learning whatever you want to call it all these crazy terms they have now Basically, computers record all these things that happen and use that information, right? And try and interpret that information or extrapolate what kind of person you are, what kind of things you're into, and it and it shows you ads based on that, right? In a myriad of things, not just YouTube. You watch a YouTube video, you go to the internet, uh, a normal web page. There's ads all over the internet, and those ads are now reflecting things that you know, just from watching a video, um, that you might be interested in. So they're, they're just pitching you on all kinds of things based on what they believe your interests are. And the more that you like subscribe, comment, review, uh, <laughs> uh, ANGO podcast at gmail.com. Uh, is this sounding familiar? Uh, Hey guys, what's up? It's, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, 
not going to go down that road again. It's very dark. But okay, so these things are learning. You know, we've all we've all heard it at this point. We and we apparently don't care that all of these companies are using free sites, social media, and these type of things in order to figure out how to better separate us from our money. Essentially, like how to how to to advertise to you so that it's a shoe in. Oh yeah, I would love that, and I didn't know that I could just purchase that. Click purchased, you know, uh, money transferred away from you. Uh, that's the goal, you know, is you don't just show a billboard anymore, indiscriminately advertise on TV. No, you targeted per person and there are computer mathematical systems that can extrapolate, you know, like, uh, connect the dots on those things to, uh, to advertise to you. So like when you use social media, you're, uh, you're not using it. It's using you. You're not the, you, you're not the consumer. You're the product. That's how they say it. Right. They're selling your, you and your data, maybe not personally. It's not got your name and address and dick size attached to it. Um, unless you gave it all that information, uh, specifically, but, uh, it's kind of the types of things that you like and, and, uh, and a key attached to your device that you w- watched a video or looked at a something on, or God forbid you click on an ad, you're going to see ads like that everywhere now. Um, even if it was a mistake, like, uh, God damn it. I don't want to, you know, I don't want to go to woods hole association of, you know, white guy farters, uh, but you accidentally clicked on it. Now all the ads are like, Hey, come to woods hole. Are you a white guy fart? You know, do <laughs> essentially like, you know, like it can be the most ridiculous ads. If you accidentally clicked on it, that's it. That's it. You know, for, for days, you're just going to have that hung around in your advertising craw of your digital, uh, content consumption. So just, you know, if you're not already aware of these things, which I think most people are, especially people who are savvy enough to listen to a podcast. Um, if you don't know this already, I apologize for, you know, killing Santa Claus in front of you. But, um, but further on from that, uh, a lot of times things that are used for business can become nefarious. And, you know, it's like the, they say, okay, you can either die a hero or live long enough to become the villain, right? But I don't think it stops there, you know, with things that can continue over multiple generations or as quickly as technology moves, the evolution of these things happens faster and faster all the time. So, I mean, things that took decades, um, went down to taking years and then they went down to months and then they went down to days and then they went down to hours and now things can be done in seconds that you know 50 years ago would take days weeks months or even years or sometimes decades to figure out or accomplish or measure or or whatever can be done in seconds now seconds literally this is people don't understand the the technology technological revolution versus the industrial revolution. The industrial revolution is like, you know, seems dirty and smoky and, you know, you, you conjures up all these ideas of a lot of iron and, uh, uh, steel beams and heavy machinery and just puffs of 
blue smoke going everywhere, noise, all sort of thing. And uh, and I'm sure that in another hundred years or two hundred years, or it may not even be that long, because like I said, the stuff is advancing so fast. Um, it could be. 50 years from now or, or 25 years from now, people will be like, Oh my gosh, remember the first days of the internet, the early decades of the internet when, you know, it was so grungy and smoky and raw and <laughs> completely, uh, unpolished and, and un, un bridled essentially. Uh, so, yeah. So, I mean, like, I think it doesn't stop there. You know, with this kind of thing, this data was obviously created for business. Now it seems nefarious to us. This is where I think people get conspiracies, like, branching off and, like, the government's plotting with the... That was another thing. It was in one of those old episodes. I was talking about Alex Jones. Um, you know, you could see conspiracies everywhere when you get to that middle ground. But I think once... Once you get past that nefarious thing where people realize, you know, either the tech goes kind of out of date, um, there's something else, the systems are no longer used. But in, in our case now, the data remains, right? And the new system gets to reinterpret that or add that to its whatever to in seconds make something else incredible happen until, you know, magic is real and we don't have bodies anymore or whatever it may look like. Um, God, wouldn't that be nice? Whew. I could really do with a trade in right now. <laughs> so let's trade up. I need the battery that has the solid state thing instead of my shitty liquid battery. Come on, man. Uh, um, you know what I'm talking about, don't you? All right. Okay, cool. Um, I know you know what I'm talking about. Any case, uh, so my thought was this, what if this, like I said, used at first emerging technology be used for business, right? And then it seems kind of nefarious because it can really be taken advantage of. We see the Facebook, the Facebook Nuremberg trials, Mark Zucker, Zucker and Clock, Clockenstein is on trial for his perpetrated, you know, death camps, internet death camps, um, whatever it may be, you know, he was just a kid, found this thing, it went on and on, I think they're very idealistic, started in, down some roads in a business sense, and just got into the weeds and the deep end way faster than they could understand what was even happening, and now there's really like there's no way to obviously turn back the clock and, and fix these issues um, before they happen, but uh, really trying to get a grip on how fast things are changing, how fast things move, um, especially when everyone's connected and can talk to each other instantaneously across the entire planet. It becomes a real problem for trying to keep a lid on things or, or get the right information or the truth <laughs> out there, whatever that means anymore. But... Um, but okay, so stay with me. The idea was this. Ultimately, like that next thing that comes, right? The the one or two systems down the road that reinterprets this information um, that's being gathered and stored now about all of us. Um, 
I thought I just had this thought that what if it was, what if it f- we understood something more fundamental about ourselves uh, as humans? You know, like you think about, um, okay, let's take like astrology. Okay, the position of the stars in the sky at the time uh, of your birth. You know, d- uh, year, day, date, time. And second, you know, like people calculate and people say astrology is bullshit and all this sort of thing. I, I happen to believe it's, it's pretty, pretty out there that, you know, there are, there are things that people in the past, um, may have observed data that they collected, but the system was so, uh, primitive that it was interpreted in, in ways according to star alignments. And it's funny because that was just a, episode of the Orville here uh, a week before last, I think, um, touched on the, on that topic, but, you know, superstition, I think came into play and there's a lot of weird things about it, but there are also some things that, um, you know, and you, and you could talk about the power suggestion or, or, you know, people read something about their sign and like, Oh yeah, that's totally me. You know, I think they're in certain ways. There's like this really weird, obscured truth about humanity. Um, you know, it may, it may very well be based on the time date and place of your birth. I don't know about the star alignment. Like that doesn't seem like it has any real play in that, but, <clears throat> but what if, you know, computer computers in 20, 50, a hundred years, uh, humanity and computers based on this data that we've started collecting from everyone clicking, Hey guys, click subscribe and tick and click the bell. So you get notifications. What if you're clicking on that shit now? Right. But a computer in 50 or hundred years says, Oh my gosh, that's this person. Right. And it can with accuracy describe what <clears throat> maybe not like, you know, obviously to the letter, it couldn't give you like a, uh, a, a blow by blow account of your life, but it could show that what if it could show that you are this type of person, right? Think about how many things, think about how many things that we struggle with in life as in terms of our purpose, our abilities, our aptitudes, um, and then, and then once, once we can kind of get a handle on those things, what the fuck do we do with it? You know, who, who, there's you, some people are just pick a thing and go with it. And like a lot of times I think most, uh, normal rational human beings can, can just bumble their way through a life, uh, uh, successful or not, um, by just doing something like that's, that's a key, I think to everything, just start doing something, um, but, but either way, like, you know, oh, I'm taking a year off from college or, to see what, or doing all these prelim, I'm going to study this now to see if that's something I'm interested in. Like, think about a lot of younger kids, uh, uh, you know, college, high school, if you're in these brackets, dude, good on you. I hope you're doing all right. Just keep your head up. It's, it, um, I'm not going to tell you that it gets any better or any easier, but there's, you know, there are, there are trade-offs. Okay. I, I don't want to go back to high school for any other reason than I wish I could just 
lays around some more or, or, uh, you know, things were less complicated because they get more complicated, um, as you go on. But what if you, what if you had information based on, you know, 50 or a hundred years of previous data of us dumbasses clicking subscribe or like, or dislike on content on the internet that a computer can figure out you're this person, like you are, you will have the, you know, like you are most likely to excel at these things, experience these things. Uh, you're most likely to have these situations that you'll be involved in, in your life at one point or another. And, you know, and all these, like, what if there was a roadmap of the types, like the archetypes, I'll say, call it, um, like, like there are archetypal groups of people um, based on our interests, we're bludgeoning through it now, you know, but like, uh, but, but, but when you get that far down the line, you've got enough data, uh, and a, and a computer that can connect those dots and, and say, you know, give you a great insight. So you don't, you know, like I could see that as a very valuable resource. And I'm sure somebody at that point will figure out how to market it and keep a lid on it and make, I don't know, you know, I see a person, you know, a hundred or 200 years ago thinking about a trillion dollars as being like more money than has ever existed, which, you know, a couple hundred years ago, maybe that's true. Um, in today's money, their money is worth more money. I don't need to, that's also magic. We don't, you know, you, have you ever thought about that? Like, like, uh, oh, what's a million dollars in gold f- that was stolen in uh, $2 million in gold that was stolen in 1887 would be worth, you know, this many million today, right? And it's an exponential number. Um, I get inflation, all those sorts of things. But like, you know, we're talking about a totally different thing. Um, and gold goes by weight. And there's just so many complicated things. But but, uh, but yeah, I mean, they couldn't even have conceived 500 years ago. They couldn't have conceived of, of a trillion something of a, somebody having, or, or a group of people having or spending a trillion of whatever currency that it is. Like it didn't seem there weren't that many people, first of all. And it just, I don't know, uh, I digress, but, um, essentially what I'm trying to say is they'll spend, uh, whatever new ceiling of of money it is to keep uh, new things under wraps because they've figured out how to monetize making your life easier <laughs> like they have um, and being able to cut through all the crap of like things that you are very least likely to be successful at or ways of learning new things that um, that could be really uh, easy and targeted to where people could excel far beyond, uh, the way they do now. I mean, learning now, uh, is, is far more advanced than it was in the, in the past, but like technology, I think those things will ramp up exponentially, um, to where, you know, if you had information like that, uh, where it could tell you, you know, kind of what type of person you are based on a very small subset of things. Who knows what it could be? It could be blood. You could get it on blood type. You could, you could, it could be like a DNA thing or whatever mapping of our, 
you know, ourselves that uh, comes out in the future. But, but I mean, that I'm, I'm kind of whinging on, but this is the, the idea is what if us now getting advertised to helps our descendants or our, our people far in the far flung future where you are, um, not waste so much time. Cause I mean, we gotta, you know, if we can't make our lives substantially longer through technology, then we've got to maximize the use of the limited time that we have. Okay. And that's a, that's a theme that's not unique to technology or whatever. That's a human thing. You know, like any old person will tell you, make the most of it. You know, like you don't, you know, it's a cliche at this point, like make the most of it. It's not going to last forever. You know, like, um, well, the two things that are sure, death and taxes, you know, um, you don't have a long time, you know, and, and you're never going to get to go back. So, I mean, who knows, maybe time travel will be invented before we figure out what the fuck's going on with us. But, um, then, then we could just throw in the hat and, and all bets are off at that point. Now you got another wild west <laughs> of, of problems with the entire fundamental fabric of the universe. Uh, if you could just travel back and forth in what we perceive as time, but, but, uh, yeah, so that basically to get super brainy on you and go on for a very, very long time, just that, you know, I used to work and here I'll, I'll kind of sum it up and I'll just, I'll just close with this, but, um, I worked at a bar. I worked at a few bars. Um, one here in downtown Austin that, that no longer no longer exists um, called the 311 Club, right on 6th Street. The good old 311 Rhythm and Blues Club. It had been around for decades and decades and decades, and it was just barely hanging on by like a hangnail um, when I showed uh, up there. And we tried to make it cool, and, and um, you know, we liked it. We made it a bar that we liked, but it was competing, you know, the, the clientele downtown was uh was college kids party raven you know it wasn't like people weren't gonna put on a suit and come down and listen to blues and jazz and you know rb uh in in the middle of like you know edm bars and you know that kind of shit that appeals with plenty of flashy lights and and like i said in the you you look at the rolling of time through these things and you see you know back in 1967 you know or when the 311 club first opened with its different colored can lights and these you know crazy black musicians oh my god that are on stage playing music and who it's good music and we don't know how to feel about that but but like uh you know, it's catchy and there's lights and sounds and you got booze, but I mean, now it's just like a different level. It's like do drugs, booze just enhances that, get fucked up, lots of lights and loud sounds, right? Which is cool. I mean, it's the same concept, no matter what decade or century or eon that you're in. Um, we're all doing the same shit, <clears throat> but either way, point is, 311 Club. I worked. Uh, I started there working at the uh, at the door, sitting on a stool, checking IDs. Right with my good buddy, bringing it all the way full circle. Adam, I know you're listening. Uh, him and I worked together. Sat as these big fat 
ugly dudes out front to intimidate people and make sure that they weren't trying to pull one over on us or, you know, going to smear shit all over our bathroom or something, you know, like we, we were, we were the first line of defense. Um, uh, but a few whoppers, uh, slipped through the cracks. I'll, I'll say that much, but when you sit in front of a bar in the middle of a downtown metro area, it doesn't matter where it is. There's a row of bars, right? And you're on a street, especially if they block that street off on the weekends or all week or whatever it's set up. Um, and tons of people walk up and down there and you just get to sit there and look at it. Right. And this is my equivalent of these things, right. Of this, this bigger archetypal groups of people concept is that, after a while of sitting there, you know, you're looking back and forth. Your, your eyeballs are just constantly moving. I would come home and I would just be like, I got to rest my eyes because they've just been darting nonstop all over this place, uh, all over downtown, up and down the street. And different things happen and people say things. You have conversations. People want to bum a light or a smoke or, a, you know, chat you up about who knows what half the half the time, or I'd probably say better than half the time they're wasted or, <laughs> uh, intoxicated, inebriated of some sort. Um, but all types from homeless to like, mega. I had this guy stop by during South by Southwest one year, obviously like coked the fuck up, borrows a cigarette off of me, which was thought was odd, uh, given the context and, and went on to, uh, he was wearing loafers with no socks and a very nice suit. I don't know what that was all about, but it was like button open at the top. He looked like he had just come from something, something crazy. Um, and he's like, I'm on top of the world. My company, he's like, don't let him tell <laughs> This is an interesting side story. I'm going to go ahead and tell this story. He says, don't let him tell you anything about what you can and can't do in life. He's like, I did, I finished the eighth grade and I quit school. He said, I just sold me and, and a group of my partners, um, just sold my company called WhatsApp to Facebook for, uh, I don't know, whatever it was like, you know, a billion dollars or something like that, like something ridiculous. Um, Again, no research to support that. But but at the time, like at that time, WhatsApp was very new, you know, and I hadn't really gotten into it. I'm poor. I'm just trying to catch up on things. I'm working at a bar. I'm hustling. Um, so I'd heard of WhatsApp vaguely. Um, I didn't know that there was a per- purchase or a merger or anything going on. But later on, when I was looking back on it, I was like, holy shit, was this guy, did this bill- uh, instant billionaire just <laughs> bum a smoke for me outside of my shitty old bar in the middle of downtown? And um, and I don't have any confirmation on that as of yet. But for the sake of the story, I'm going to say that's exactly what it was and that's how it happened. I mean, who knows? He might have been like coked out of his mind and thought that he was the guy or something like that. But uh, he seemed pretty specific, and he definitely looked like he was on top of the world, for sure. It looked like he had done half a billion just in cocaine that night. But um, (laughs) uh, in any case, you saw a million different things. I got a million stories, man. That's just one little plug in a sea of stories. And I only worked there for a couple of, you know, three, two, three years. Um, bartended, bar back, security, ran the stage, ran sound, played in the house band, played in other bands that played live there. Um, 
DJ'd. Uh, I, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm not even going to keep going, but the point of my story is after I sat out there and watched everybody for several months go past me, at that point, those people all started to look the same. And I can't, I, it, not exactly the same, okay? But I will say it appeared to me, and this is just one subset. This is one town. This is one street, okay? Um, this is one slice of, of humanity here in the U.S., but I would say probably 10, 12 different types of people. And after that certain point, I, the, like literally their faces, their faces, their hair, their clothing, their voice, the shit that came out of their mouth, it was predictable. And it was, they were the same. There was like a, like these many groups of people. And each one of those groups, I know they got their own spheres of friends and they got their own devices and they're learning their own things and they got all kinds of different career paths and school paths and, or they came from, you know, all these different things. But literally there was only about, uh, I would, I would estimate, you know, definitely less than 20, probably less than 15 groups in this slice. Right. And that was it. You know, and and now I I barely even looked around. I mean, I looked around to make sure I I knew my surroundings, but you could just every single one of them you could see and hear. They walk past you. You could hear their conversations. They were walking past or see them, how they were dressed, what shoes they were wearing, what the how their hair, you know, facial features, jewelry, everything. And it just at that point it might as well have been those same twelve to fifteen people just in a walking in a circle in front of me, like past me, right. Walking down the street and then back down the other way. Like it could have literally been the same 12 people. And I wouldn't have known, um, because they all, they literally all looked the same and they all acted the same. And they all said the same things. They all dressed the same way. They all sounded, you know, whether they were sober or drunk, you could still identify what type of person, what, what, uh, seemingly kind of like what experiences they may have had in their life, those type of things. And I, and you know, I'm a very observant and discriminating personality and, and headspace. So I'm like constantly, I'm constantly just, um, looking at things and, and sitting in front of a bar. If you want to do that, if that's what you love, go find you a door door job at a, at a kind of slow bar. Okay. It's around some other bars, um, in a metro area. And I guarantee you, you'll come to this, you'll, you'll see the same thing. Like everyone starts to look the same within a certain group boundary group. Um, and there's only a couple of handfuls of them, you know? So <clears throat> I don't know. Those two concepts came together in my mind today in the car when I was, uh, hearing someone say, Hey, what's up guys? Uh, <laughs> <th> <laughs> click subscribe. <laughs> I just, I just, uh, it's all the same guys. So, uh, I'll end with that. I think someone's about to walk in the door here in just a second. So, uh, thanks for listening. If you liked comment, subscribe and geo podcast at gmail.com. I am, uh, at Richard Ometry on the Instagram. 
and at Richardography on Twitter. And uh, yeah, I'll see y'all probably back in about another, who knows, maybe a week. I don't know. Shit, this has been long. I just looked at this. I'm about an hour and a half. Woo! Thanks for sticking with it. See you next time.